0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
1: And we've a special programme, though, for you today following Lunchtime Live's campaign in recent weeks after issues around bullying allegations and how they're dealt with were first raised on this programme. And as you know, an incredible number of people got in touch with the show to talk about their experience of bullying in the health service. But more importantly, to highlight how that was dealt with. And so many listeners not only emailed the show, but they talked to us here live on air. You heard the, um, their testimonies, their stories yourself, and they all talked about the one issue, and that's the culture. Toxic was the word that was frequently used. So following days of coverage to this programme, political reaction, union representatives, uh, the health minister speaking as well. The issues raised by you were before a special Oireachtas Health Committee meeting this morning. Uh, They met to discuss the health and safety and well-being of frontline workers. So the Sinn Féin health spokesperson, David Cullinan, he first raised the issue at this morning's committee meeting.
2: I also just want to raise an issue that was first raised with me by uh, News Talks' uh, Lunchtime Live programme, and I've spoken to some some of the witnesses about this already, and that's an issue in relation to bullying and harassment. And maybe if I can just start with, with the INMO in terms of their experience of that and what more needs to be done. And this started from an email that came in from a Kate, which is not a real name, she was a nurse who left the system. And... Since then, the floodgates opened, so News Talk, Lunchtime Live received dozens, if not hundreds, of, of emails. I've received many myself. That, to me, is a very serious issue. But when you have the highly pressurised environment that we have in healthcare, you add bullying and harassment in on top of all the other issues, and it's a really, really difficult situation.
1: Yeah, and Deputy Cullinan, you know, highlighted that at the meeting. He put those particular issues that you raised, that listeners raised in the emails to the show, he put those to the General Secretary of the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation, Phil Nier.
3: I think this is an issue that has been um, a scourge in in many occupations. What we've done in the health services jointly, all of the unions, we have agreed a code um, from the code of practice. We've agreed a a policy, dignity at work policy, What's lacking is continuous training and mandatory training for all those who are in management positions. Um, It's fine, we do our jobs, we represent people who have been accused of bullying, we represent people who um, are making that allegation. And the the best advice anybody can give somebody in, in a situation where they believe they're being bullied is to contact their trade union. So, you're right. Pressurised environments lead to all sorts of bad behaviour. None of it is correct. And we believe that there is a requirement for mandatory training for dignity at work. Currently, it's one of the few policies that isn't mandatory.
1: Yeah, and Phil Nier is right about this. Like, if you're to read the emails and you go back over them, as I did in recent days, her her description is correct. Like, it is a scourge. And it's a huge, huge issue for the health service. And the mandatory training that she mentioned there is something you're going to hear much more about today because that is a big part of the solution to this problem. Um, the issue, though, around union representation and dealing with bullying, that too was also put to the INMO by uh, Deputy Colin Anne.
2: One of the common themes that came through all of the correspondence I've received, and I know into News Talk and others who reported this as well, is that many of those workers uh, say that the system failed. So despite all of those processes and the dignity at work policies which are in place, it simply didn't work.
1: Yeah, the system failures, we've heard that time and time again on the show from you, but Phil Nier from the INMO responded to those claims by David Cullinan.
3: A lot of the calls that came in after um, the the comments I made were that many of, uh, of those people... Um, didn't or hadn't contacted their union. So it is is the the trade union's view that if you contact your union, we will make sure that your issue is dealt with properly. And uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, we do, we do that regularly and we take that role very seriously as advocates for people who find themselves in that position, but uh, I I would say uh, a bigger issue, employers have a duty of care to keep their staff safe. And they're not fulfilling their obligations in that regard.
1: So basically, the the, um, the union representative for the nurses, their message to people is, look, if you have a bullying allegation, you've got to go to the union. That's, that's what they're telling people today. It's not just an issue, though, that's facing nurses. The doctors, too, also experiencing um, uh, issues around bullying and allegations of bullying. And we heard that from the Irish Medical Organisation and Dr Clive Kilgallen.
3: We have started to address this issue and we did a gender-based survey of the the experience of of our members there is bullying, absolutely. Uh, in the last two years, our respondents have had about 26% of uh, females and 21% of males have had some experience of bullying. So yes, it is out there, and again, kind of, women are more affected by this. Now, in the IMO, we are having, we are addressing this issue in a forthcoming kind of meeting towards the end of this month. But also, we're going to do some bystander training. I, I regard this as, but there needs to be a, a kind of a culture shift. In in, in in the working environment where everybody feels respected.
1: So we've been talking about the allegations of bullying. We've we've cold hard stats there today from Dr Clive Kilgallen from the IMO around the number of people um, who've reported bullying and, and the figures that that he provided their experience of it and they're huge statistics like 26 and 21%. But bystander training and again calls for further training to something that were mentioned. So we've established there's a problem. We knew that anyway from this programme. We've heard it before the committee. So now the attention turns to what's the outcome. What happens next? Well, Ashley Connolly, who's the head of the Health and Welfare Division with the Trade Union, FORSA, had this to say at today's meeting.
2: Look, we recognise that our members work in a very problematic culture, feeling undervalued, not recognised and not respected. But yes, we have recently adopted a new dignity at work policy, but it does, as outlined by my colleagues earlier on, we do need awareness campaigns, we need preventative measures put in place, and we need adequate training. But the duty of care that the employer has needs to be stepped up. And members have experienced quite a lengthy process in terms of the grievance procedure, and that's not acceptable. It is very clear in that policy what the timeframes are, but they are not adhered to and that in itself is an additional stress on somebody that's feeling vulnerable in the workplace and fearful going in sometimes but there it is a cultural problem it is also led by the stresses within the workplace
1: yeah, so the duty of care, that puts the onus back on to the HSC or the onus of responsibility. And again, cultural problems, as you heard Ashley Connolly mention, that is very much to the fore in all of this. Kevin Figs, though, he's from SIP2, he's the health division uh, from their health division. And he outlined an idea of the um, the scale and the time frame around dealing with
4: grievances. A Cipto Workers' Rights Unit that looks after members on an individual basis through things like uh, grievances, etc. The health division takes up 37% of all of their activity across the entire union, 37%, and 35% of that activity is in grievance handling. I've spoken to colleagues that lead in that department, and they've told me that one of the key issues that they have is the difficulty in relation to timescale, that these things just take so long, and they have just such an overbearing impact on the workers.
1: And that is that is very much the experience that we, too, have heard on the show in recent weeks, over the past seven or eight weeks, in fact, um, from those of you who've gotten in touch. It's the time. It's the length of time it takes to go through these processes and the stress then that comes with that. And that is often a deterrent for people from even bringing forward allegations in the first place. Take a listen to Albert Murphy. Albert is the Assistant Director of Industrial Relations with the INMO and actually says that the Health and Safety Authority has to to get involved.
2: The HSA or Health and Safety Authority has to get on the pitch yeah. because okay. the HSE can't be trusted to police this. Okay. right, And they they have, they have a duty of care and they're, they're looking elsewhere. It may be a resources issue but they have to be on the pitch.
1: And extraordinary comments there from Albert Murphy. Certainly I thought this morning it can't be trusted to deal with the issue. So... We're going to have much more on this. That's just a a short snippet of some of the different speakers who spoke today at the Aaractis Health Committee and we're going to have more on this throughout the course of the programme. Um, We're going to be talking to some of those who were at the meeting this morning who attended. But also, I want to hear from you. How do you feel today? Particularly if you're somebody who took time to sit down to email the show in recent weeks to talk about your issues or your grievances. If you're somebody who chatted to us here you know, on the programme in recent recent weeks. I'd love to hear your reaction to today's meeting and in terms of what you've heard there from, from those who spoke at it. If you want to give us a call, that number is 1800 453 106. But I know from talking to you in recent weeks, I know how difficult it is for people to raise some of these issues. But for me, there was certainly a couple of things, key questions that we were looking at from the meeting today. And that's do the current protocols and the procedures that are within the HSE around the um, reporting of bullying allegations, do they actually work? Do staff feel that they can highlight issues even without taking disciplinary action? Do we accept there's a culture of bullying? Is it toxic? And if we accept that it's there... How do we change it? And will the HSC bow to the INMO and their calls, which they've been calling for for quite a long period of time now, and that's around mandatory training, that there's 42% of the staff that have yet to receive training to complete their dignity at work policy, and will the HSC give those staff time to do that? Because that is a part of the problem. So we're talking about changing the culture, and in my opinion, it's either a priority or it's not. And I think the HSE just need to come out and be straight with people and tell them that. So eighteen hundred four five three one zero six is the number. That's what happened at the meeting today. Um, we've been asking you if you want to to join us to talk to us today to to tell us how you feel. And um, Una is with me today in studio. Um, Una, thanks for thanks for joining us. Not at all. Thank you, Andrea. I spoke to you previously. And um, yeah. Listen, thanks for joining us today because I, I know I know it's 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 um it's stressful and it's daunting you know coming in to, to talk about this, but you might just give people just to give <coughs> us a brief reminder of what you told us previously on the show about your experience.
5: Well, I would say that in the last four years there has been a campaign by some people I work with to constructively dismiss me. It didn't take, well, no, sorry, it took me a while to realise what was going on. Um, I came to the attention of HR for the first time in 22 years, four years ago. They didn't know of my existence up till then. They were being called in. Um, I was being told I did this, I did that. I I couldn't blink crooked, but I was jumped on by mainly two people in the department, sometimes a third party. And um, it started to take its toll. I became extremely anxious. Um, It had been going on by one person for a long time, but then... She gained two allies, which gave her strength in numbers.
1: And what effect, I suppose, in when all this was going on, Una? Like, what what impact did this have on you personally? Well,
5: I had panic attacks. I um, I became extremely anxious. I was very. I was bringing it home with me. It was affecting my home life. Um, it came between me and my husband. Um, um sorry now I'm a little bit nervous. No, take, if, your time, um, minute, take your time, take
1: your time because I appreciate this is this is very
5: tough. It just affected every aspect of my life. Yeah. I lost confidence. I became very nervous. To this day I have I was telling someone recently, I have the constant feeling that I have done something wrong. And I've had a bit of time to think because I've been out Because of anxiety Mm. and I'm realising because I'm not in the job, how much calmer and happier I am in myself, how I'm returning to the happy me that I used to be. I didn't realise how unhappy I was until I stayed away from the job because it becomes the norm. Mm. It becomes normal. You're constantly waiting for a tap on the shoulder to be called in to be asked, did you say this? Did you say that? What did you say to that woman? What were you saying on the phone? Um, I was being watched constantly. And it's a horrible, okay. horrible feeling.
1: And that's something that was raised today at the meeting. And then we've heard that from, from so many others Una, like yourself, who got in touch with us previously. For people that aren't in, we'll say, a big, you know, organisation, something similar to the health service, where you have a sort of a hierarchy effectively, like, just describe that culture that we hear about, this toxic culture that's constantly brought up. Like, What's that like when you're, when you feel like you're in that? It's horrible. It's, it becomes your norm, though. But
5: you go in and You know, you start out your day happy and then it can be just snatched from under you. You know, you can be asked, I remember one day being asked, what was I saying to someone on the phone? It happened that I knew the person and I'm a very friendly, chatty person. I was told that I wasn't to talk and I explained that I didn't start up conversations, that people started them with me. Sometimes people are lonely I might be the only person they speak to. So I always gave people time Mm. when I could. If I was extremely busy, I would curtail that time. But I always measured it. And I just thought, well, what's wrong with giving a few moments to someone out of your day? I was told I wasn't to do that. That when my boss rings other departments that are like where I work, I'm clerical staff, not medical, by the way. Um,
1: that she's met with extremely professionalism. Okay. Now, and did you feel at the time, Una? Do you, do you feel that you were supported? I suppose in, no. in work. No. no. Not from anywhere. And when when you heard other people, you know, uh, ring in and talk to us and share their story with us on Lunchtime Live over the over the past number of weeks, like. I suppose was there a sense of there's there's other others, others yes, out there absolutely. too going you know, that have that's similar experience. Found, that's
5: why I emailed and phoned in yeah. and I was ready to talk and I just thought, This is wonderful. Um and because i was clerical i thought i have to put a voice out there for mm-hmm. us because i know there's plenty more mm, like me yeah
1: and we'd other people too actually you know in in in, cler- in clerical uh, divisions in various different parts of the health service Good. that 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 two got in contact you heard some of the um, the, the points raised today at the meetings. Um, I didn't
5: actually, sorry, I missed you that. You were
1: just on, on the way in when yeah, we were sorry. playing it out. Yeah, but I suppose a, a big focus now for people is going to be around, or certainly what a lot of the unions are calling for, is um, mandatory training and uh, training effectively. Like, do, do you think that'll help? No. You don't? No absolutely not and even if if training programs were brought in for staff and and you know time was given to all staff in every department no matter what Do you mean hospital, management everybody that every, you know everybody in well, management would have it to go has through to start
5: with management yeah because i've been to loads of mandatory training and it's all just tick box ticking
1: okay i did this
5: tick i did that tick i did washing my hands tick i did dignity at work tick hmm. Nothing is
1: followed through. It's all, it's all just check the box and check the box okay. from the mouth out. Well, listen, we're going to have more um on this here on the program over the the next hour today. Um, and I appreciate you coming in though, because I know it's 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 not easy to. You know, speak out and, and outline and tell your story and your experience. So I know, um, I know it was tough for you to do that today, but I I do appreciate you taking your time to, to join us and share your experience I'm with us. Glad to do it. But yeah. I
5: just want to say that I heard you talking about the union and about dignity at work, mm. um, and HR. No, I think it has to be someone independent of all that. Yeah,
1: okay that it needs to be an an independent body if there's a, a complaint being yes, brought forward yes. yeah well we are going to talk about that too um in in a few moments time stay with us though because i want to hear from other people as well if you're like una if you want to get in touch if you've been following this in recent weeks and you've been perhaps listening to the committee hearing that some of the, the clips that we played for you at the start of the program i want to get your reaction like are you happy are you satisfied that things will change that there's some effort to try and change the culture that exists are you happy with the Grievance procedures and protocols that are there, because it's it's your opinion ultimately that that matters in all of this. Like, how do you feel today in listening to this discussion? Lunchtime
0: Live with Andrea
1: Gilligan, brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. Well we played some of the um the the clips today from the Iraqis Health Committee, which is examining the um, well, first of all, I suppose it's the the health and well-being, the safety of frontline workers, but the allegations of bullying and how they're dealt with within the health service that was raised by you here in lunchtime live in recent weeks. that, too was also raised at the programme today and we we brought you the details of that. But look, I've been asking you to get in touch today because I want your reaction, you know, to the committee meeting this morning. How do you feel about it? Are you confident there will be change? Are you satisfied that there is a desire to actually implement uh, some form of change to try and address these cultural issues that everybody seems to talk about? The number is 1800 if you want to join us. I have an, an email in here from a listener who wants to remain anonymous. Says, I'm a 26-year-old nurse who has emigrated to Australia in September to escape the hopeless black hole that is nursing in Ireland. That's the headline, imagine. Um, I'm 26, came home every day from work, anxiety riddled, um i raised many many issues that i had to deal with um with my manager with work i kicked up a fuss i complained about the terrible job our manager was doing i asked for change i tried to escalate it on numerous occasions and as a result instead of being heard i was actually moved from the ward it was the, the easier option for them i was highlighting everything that was wrong and that they didn't like so i was silenced that was the straw that broke the camel's back and i had the i lost the want to even fight So I booked a one-way ticket to Australia. There's one listener there now today. Another, I went to my union in SIP2 and my rep told me to leave. That was 10 years ago. I hear them advising to go to the unions. I worked for the HSC for 17 years and I lost everything. I lost my pension. I feel it ruined my life. I was told quietly by the union to leave as the problem won't go away. I wouldn't win. It uh, interrupted my life hugely, especially in regards to my pension. It was very traumatic and I'm not the only one, I doubt. Doubt much will change. This texter, I'm a retired nurse with 11 years. I took early retirement. There's always been an issue regarding bullying and nursing. There's a clash of interests as the management are in the same union as the nurses. I've seen many occasions where it takes forever and people just back down. It's the same union representing both and I feel that is a huge problem. There's a misconception that people that report that they've been bullied are actually the bullies themselves, says this texter. Okay, look, I want to hear from and chat to people today. 1800 453 106 is the number. Um, Olivia is with us on the line. Olivia, just before we get to your reaction following the committee today, you might just give listeners a brief reminder of your experience.
0: Okay, so I'm I'm not a nurse, Andrea. I'm a clinical therapy manager.
5: That's
1: right. And...
0: My staff provide um, intervention to paediatric and to adult patients. So just to give a bit of context to the situation that resulted in my taking a grievance procedure according to the HSE's own policy. So I was being asked um, to redeploy clinical staff to a purely administrative role which would compromise their duty of care to their vulnerable paediatric and adult clients and would result in even longer wait times for clinical intervention. Now, this was in the context of my clinical team having been 70% redeployed through COVID to testing centres and assessment hubs while still maintaining our clinical service. Um, along with uh, other allied healthcare professionals, mm-hmm. medics, doc, dentists and nurses. Um, so when I was asked to redeploy clinical staff again, I was not in a position to do so. So I had a number of meetings with uh, the person acting as, as, as the head of service at the time and, I was told if I refused to to accede to what was a totally unreasonable, clinically unjustifiable uh, ask, Mm. I was told that I would be stood down. So I was, um, I mean, I had never heard that Mm. phrase before. I believe it's an army phrase, which uh, doesn't seem to sit very well with health services. But so... To me, that was a blatant abuse of power by this person. Okay. And that is what we define as bullying. So, so I brought this. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I
1: was just going to ask you, Olivia. So so you, you brought this um, through the channels and what was the outcome?
0: So the outcome after a number of meetings and having the perpetrator having been consulted with by the head of service, this person uh, had no recollection of the event okay now interestingly i before i initiated the grievance procedure because i was very uncomfortable about it i had gone to employee relations to outline the situation and to to wonder what could be the potential mm. outcome so they said most likely the perpetrator would say they had no recollection of okay. the event.
1: So, Olivia, in listening to what happened today, and I, 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 uh, thanks again for just you know reminding listeners, I suppose, of your, of your experience and your story and what happened. You heard the, um, the various different clips and, uh, and excerpts from the committee this morning. Like, are you confident there will be change, Olivia?
0: Absolutely not. There was no desire for change to happen, and in fact. I think other people have attested to this as well, the perpetrator frequently gets promoted. And I've seen this in my own area. So the person who brings the complaint is seen as a disruptor or being off message or simply not accepting the culture. And it it has actually become worse. And I think increasingly... And I think the unions and and all the other representatives have mentioned that the clinical voice is disrespected by the bureaucratic structures of the HSE.
1: Like in 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 hearing what was said today by those you know uh, representing members and and union representatives, and I know the HSE weren't weren't at today's committee meeting. But do you think the um, mandatory training of staff? This is around the um, that dignity, you know, at work policy. Do you think that will will make any difference then?
0: Absolutely not. No. It is utterly meaningless. In fact, as I read through the documentation, um, you. And see, they, they they flout those rules continuously. They don't even obey their own policies.
1: And the statement that we got, the five-line statement that we got, despite numerous attempts to chat to somebody and speak to somebody from the HSE on the programme around this issue, that, you know, these things are, that dealt with at a local level. Like, do you think the procedures that are there to deal with grievances, do you think they're robust enough? Absolutely not. They're
0: Totally not fit for purpose. And in fact, staff are dissuaded from following it through because we all know it's such an onerous task and you are made to feel guilty in doing it. I myself was told it's very rare that a manager brings um, a grievance against anybody. So that was suggesting that I was doing something wrong.
1: That as a manager, you shouldn't report it? Yeah, so for, for for a lot of people, uh, Olivia, and it's one of the things I've noticed in, in recent weeks from the emails, for a lot of people, when they have an issue, you know, if, if there's an issue with work or somebody on their team or management or whatever it is, a lot of people, they don't want to take, dis- you know, uh, grievance procedures. They don't want to go through no. official channels. They just want to no, mention absolutely. it to their manager that, you know, so-and-so is doing X, Y or Z and can you address it? And yet it seems to be I get the sense that there's nearly, you're sort of nearly kind of pushed or there's the pressure to say, oh, if you have a problem, you've got to go through official channels. Exactly. Yeah. And, and
3: because
0: it's so, um, such a cumbersome um, process, mm. people are disinclined to follow it through.
1: And that was one of the points that was raised today at the meeting by, um, you know, by, by SIPTU, by Kevin Figgs on that issue. He talked about the length of time. It takes yeah. to deal with these issues absolutely, yeah, so yeah. you see it 's still a deterrent to reporting oh i
0: i would I would think so, yes, I mean it 's wonderful that all of our contributions have resulted in the Arc this health committee um listening to us and listening to the people who represent us, but I would have very little confidence that it would change i mean the culture is ingrained um. In the, the workings of the HSE, and I really don't know what it would take to uh, to change it.
1: It's not really. It's not, it's not really great to hear that is it Olivia that no no no, no. the culture is the the culture is the problem it's the thing that I notice I say every single email or 90% of the emails we got from Absolutely. people every one of them talk about um you know cultural change and the thing is it's not all top down it's horizontal as well that we're talking about exactly exactly I And mean, it's it's ironic
0: Andrea you know on all of our um. Uh, headed note paper and emails and all of that. You know, the HSE espouses the values of trust, compassion, care, and learning. And it literally means nothing in terms of their duty of care to, to their staff. Mm-hmm. And if the HSE can't support front facing clinicians and clinical staff who, after all, are delivering the health care service. You know what? What is the HSU about?
1: Well, Olivia, I want to thank you again for sharing your story with us um, on the programme today. It's much appreciated. I know many listening to you have gotten in touch in similar departments, all highlighting, you know, very, very similar stories. Um, Olivia, thank you for your your time again on the programme. Um, 53106 is the number if you, you want to get in touch with us. I mean, the other thing as well, when you talk about people, you know, going through grievance processes, like you're talking about... A group of staff that are already under pressure in a very pressurised work environment, constantly talking about the the uh, the low numbers of staff, overcrowding, all of that. If you can imagine all of that in the one pot. So there are people who are time poor anyway, because there's so much to do. And yet we're telling them, you know, you have big, long, lengthy forms filling out complaints, procedures, the time that it's going to take to go through all of this. Like, is it any wonder for so many? It's just a total deterrent. And going back to that email I read out earlier, the girl who just said, I lost the will to fight I'm off to Australia. Simple as that. Lunchtime live at newstalk.com. That's the email address if you want to get in touch with us today. This text says, um, I would have experienced bullying working in a small department. It's difficult to address bullying in those environments. It was suggested that we perhaps shake hands or hug it out. Wow. It went on for years. I resigned from from the department, moved to a different hospital. This other staff member was kind um, and aware of this particular behaviour, even though it was witnessed by the manager, who also told me she was aware of it but couldn't do anything about it. She advised me to not let it get to me and that taking it down the road of HR would be awkward and uncomfortable for others too in that environment. I was told to mind my demeanour around the bully. Imagine, let's hug it out and shake hands.
0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan.
1: Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on
0: News Talk.
1: We're continuing our uh, programme here today. It follows Lunchtime Live's campaign in recent weeks around issues of bullying allegations and how they're dealt with within the health service. These are issues, by the way, that were raised by you. The Lunchtime Live listeners over the course of about seven or eight weeks. And the stories, the emails are still coming in today. That email is live at newstalk.com. And um, we've established there's a problem. A very, very real problem and in actual fact that was borne out today when we heard some of the statistics, incredible statistics I thought, at the this Health Committee meeting. Uh, they were provided by the Irish Medical Organisation which is the union that represents doctors because this isn't just an issue in nursing, among midwives, among clerical staff, among those in outreach areas of the HSE. It's also something that's not exempt from doctors too. And Dr Anthony O'Connor is on the Consultant Committee of the IMO and is with us on the programme today. Anthony, those figures today at the committee meeting, 26% of females and 21% of males have had some experience of bullying. Like, they're huge stats.
4: Huge, Andrea. And I'm not a bit surprised by it. I mean, I think the last survey that we did in the organisation four years ago had it about 30, 33%. Um, So they're higher again. yeah, it's way too high. And I, I don't necessarily think that it's come down, put it this way, if the if the more recent ones are twenty one and twenty six percent. I think um I think if you look across surveys in, 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 in a few similar countries as well, you seem to get this sort of 20 to 30 percent rate of bullying which is is crazy it's it's it's, it's insanely high um and, and and it's a massive problem for us all to deal with something that gives me great call, call, uh, cause for disappointment is that about a quarter of junior doctors that are bullied are, are bullied by consultants and, and that's not good enough um three quarters find the bullying coming from other quarters but but still it's something we have to work on it's we've got to support one another um you know to me i think uh, from listening to some of the stories on your your show over the last few weeks which have been really really interesting and and i I do have a lot of friends who work in in other healthcare Mm. professions that aren't there aren't medics i think a lot of some of the bullying we see is, is a symptom of the overall dysfunction of the situation where people are just working you know, in, in extremely stressful situations, beyond the end of their tether, which is causing them to to, to act in a manner that, that you know is not them. You know, and, and sometimes I do hear that when I've had to, you know, I, I've got some bystander intervention training, and sometimes when I've brought it up with people, they've said to me, "This isn't me. I, I don't want to be like this." You know, and, and and it's 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 a major problem for the whole system because, it, it, as I said, it's a symptom of the dysfunction, but it perpetuates the dysfunction further. You know, it breaks down barriers in terms of communications, and we know it's bad for patients as well when 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 staff in hospitals mm. and in healthcare settings are, are not civil to one another
1: go back to the point you made about bystander training because that was mentioned by your own imo rep uh dr clive kilgallen at the meeting earlier this morning like j- just to explain this in simplistic terms anthony for for, well, for myself and everybody that, that, that hasn't gone through this bystander training program is it as simple as is it what it says in the tin like
4: you It you, is really and you witness bullying and you what intervene yeah you see it you call it out i mean and 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 how you call it out might differ it might be the case you might go back to somebody later and say listen you know i i, I think you might let yourself you know down there I'm not really sure if it was if that was wise or if, if that was really how you wanted to come across but also a part of it is checking in with the person who's been had the the behavior perpetrated on them and I, I find it really effective in that oftentimes it can diffuse things to the point where let's say somebody's had a difficult interaction you know it's it's raised with them in a sort of a non-threatening way oftentimes then they might go back to the person and and, and you know t- talk it out or apologize or something like that and mm-hmm. it's something I, I, I have found uh, effective you know but again it's one of the Things the creaks the more stress people are under the more strain there is um, it's 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 a real problem bullying of, of, of doctors and, and and younger doctors for, for example comes from all sources really it can come from users of the service relatives of users of the service fellow workers you know and and, and again it it's it, 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 we're all in this really difficult situation where healthcare delivery in Ireland is, is is quite difficult and it's not an environment that's always conducive to everybody being civil to one another which is a real shame because as I said and we know from research in the UK and other countries that Hospitals and, and healthcare settings that have bad sort of cultures like that, uh, of, civili- of, of of poor civility, um, have worse patient outcomes.
1: I suppose it's not about whether you, you sit through, you know, the bystander training programme, Anthony, or whether you go to, as the nurses talk about, the, the dignity at work policy that you have in, in hospitals. Like, surely there's just an element of cop-on to this too, like...
4: Ah, uh, there is absolutely. I mean, I, I no doubt about it. But I, I, I can't stress enough. Like, I mean, one of the things we have in healthcare is that the vast, vast majority of people get into healthcare because they're driven, on some level at least, to be altruistic and nice and to help people and, and, and to want to make the world a better place. Um... And when people in, in so, so you're dealing with good a, a, a good substrate to start with, you know you're dealing with good good people to start with. So when I see the way some people behave, I myself included, sometimes I've 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 lost my temper at people that I've really really regretted. There's no point in me saying that I haven't, you know. Um, and and you 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 try to learn from things. You hope there's somebody to call you out if you if if if, if, if you were in that situation uh, yourself, you know. So um, I think uh, I, 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 you're you're absolutely right. I mean a bit of cop on respect for one another. You know, trying to understand mm. that the other person is going from a place of equally as much stress as you are—all these things are, are are really important and and should form part of cop on. But sometimes that can go out the window when people <laughs> are, are working under yeah. a lot of stress. Yeah, you and know?
1: you can't legislate for cop on, unfortunately, as
4: well. That's but, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah the, the other side of this, Anthony, too. Though, like, I mean, where do we go from here? Because we've established there's an issue. So we've been hearing it for weeks on this program. It's been brought today before, um, you know, the Houses of Power and the Rockless Health Committee have discussed it. But like, if you, the ear of the HSC and and their HR today, because so many people are still texting and telling me they wouldn't even go forward and report a complaint. So, if you're the rear, what would you say to them?
4: My experience have been the people at the centre of the HSC, you know, HC Central. You know, they're they're quite motivated to get rid of this as well because they see it as being a bad, um, a, you know, a, a bad thing for patient care, a bad thing for staff welfare, and 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 that's none of the things that they want. But I think sometimes where it where it gets lost is where the rubber hits the road on, on the on the ground in hospitals and clinics and community services. You know, where there, you know, perhaps isn't that culture of respect that should be. And cultural change is very difficult to institute. It's, mm. it's something that's a particular brand of of organizational development but I think it starts with I think calling it out and I think bystander intervention helps I think also you know making people I suppose a a lot of people feel that their complaints won't be taken seriously. Uh, I have no doubt, but in some cases that they're not taken seriously. But I do think that's changing and improving, albeit we'd like to see it improve a little bit faster. But it certainly won't improve for people not, you know, pointing it out and and, and not raising it as an issue. Um, One of the things I've often heard as as feedback and sort of experienced myself once or twice as well is that sometimes when you raise a bullying complaint, you know, the the, 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 the bully sort of counter complaints is is upset them and you Mm. end up in a situation perversity where you're apologising to the person who's been bullying you. And I, I've seen that happen on, 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 on multiple occasions. Incredible. So, you know, again, managers need training as well. Managers need to be empowered to deal with, 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 with difficult situations. Line managers, both clinical and, 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 and non-clinical, and oftentimes they maybe feel and repel us that they don't have the skills that they, are the you know, the authority or, 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 or the access to be able to sort of sanction people or correct these behaviours. So I think it's, it's, it's a whole assist approach is needed and that's kind of a sort of a, a woolly answer okay. on one level but I do think the other thing I think is if if, if things were just not quite so blooming stressful I think I, I think that would, would, well, would take care of a lot it's, of it Well it's, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's I suppose it's the most kind of toxic cocktail really isn't it because you have people who are under pressure in a very pressurised environment doing a difficult job understaffed um, you know huge numbers of people waiting to get into hospitals on trolleys so there's a whole recipe there for for absolute disaster and and you can see how, how how bullying can very easily happen and then sort of you know slip under the under the radar as well just a final question Anthony the the INMO your um nursing representatives they want the HSC to make way for mandatory training for the the dignity at work policy is that something that the IMO should do too should this bystander training like should should everybody be just be given time to go and do this
4: I think so. I mean, the difficulty is always finding the time in very, very busy schedules, and there, there seems to be new mandatory training things coming in every couple of weeks. But I think this is really important, and I think it would make a huge difference to patients uh, if it was if it was done. So, because the stakes here are huge, I mean, their outcomes are worse for patients, worse for staff. You know, it, it, it's it's an extremely important thing, and I think when we, if we look at things, we do have mandatory training for, you know, things like fire safety, manual handling, you know, mm. blood products. All really well. You important see, it's either things. a
1: priority or it's not, actually.
4: Yeah. You yeah, know what absolutely. I mean?
1: And I think yeah, it's yeah, the I'll message. Totally you. Yeah, it's the message the HSE you're sending yeah. out. Like by not making it mandatory, it's not seen as a priority.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. I think it's every bit as important as all those things and probably a lot more widespread, you know, really when you when, when you think of it.
1: Anthony O'Connor, Doctor Anthony O'Connor, who's a um on the consultant committee with the Irish Medical Organisation. Anthony, thanks a million for your time on the programme.